Is debt beating you down? You need discipline. You need the Debt Ninja. If you've been caught in a financial trap and need to be set free, then you need the Debt Ninja. Want to stop those harassing collection calls? Start saving thousands in interest and fees and get out of debt fast? Then you need to call the Debt Ninja. The Debt Ninja will find the best companies across the country that will help you consolidate all your bills into one easy payment, reduce your payments by 30 to 50%, and get you out of debt fast. If you have unsecured debt of $10,000 or more, such as credit cards, loans, or medical bills, call the Debt Ninja for a free 15-minute consultation. Call 800-839-5518. 800-839-5518. That's 800-839-5518. Call today. The Debt Ninja. This is Radio Influence. Podcasting redefined. Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reed. We are off. We are rolling with another week of the only program that talks underdogs exclusively in college football and the NFL. And we're getting down to the nitty-gritty, especially in college football, which we're going to break down. I've got some bitterness to work through over my alma mater, Memphis, letting me down on Three Dog Thursday, and to help guide me, to help soothe me, to help lead me to a path to three underdogs again this week is the Kevin Rogers, senior handicapper and writer, VegasInsider.com. How are you How are you feeling for another week? How, how are things in your world uh, as we get ready to go uh, back to the task of trying to come up with three more underdogs, sir? It's a very busy time now. You know, college basketball underway, NBA now uh, approaching about a month in or so, a couple, three weeks into uh, the season. And with football, both NFL and college underway, that it is uh, admittedly a very busy time. Yeah, no doubt about that. Okay, so I've got to work through my bitterness. I got two of the underdogs correct. By the way, bravo to you for Kansas with the backdoor cover against Iowa State. You're the only handicapper I know that could tout the whole board, could have anything on the whole board, and took one and eight against one and eight, and you got it right. So nice job with the Jayhawks. I had West Virginia, and I said they would win the game at Texas, and they did. Skyler Howard was trying to give it away with a couple of second half interceptions, but they did win the game. They've got the huge showdown with Oklahoma. Uh, I also had the Broncos. That oh yeah, the defending Super Bowl champs. Uh, Kevin, is there a crazier way to win a game, by the way, quick comment, than a blocked extra point returned for the final margin of victory, 25-23? Bizarre. I don't know if, there's a, if it's a crazier way to lose it or crazier way to win it. <laughs> I mean, depending on which side of the argument you look at, that New Orleans figures all they got to do is kick an extra point. Even, I mean, if anything else happened, even if it hit off the post, you go to overtime, anything else happened, the worst thing could happen, it gets blocked, the guy picks up and runs it back, and... Uh, you know, bad loss for the Saints, but a really good win for the Broncos to bounce back from that loss to Oakland the week before. Yeah, there were a lot of crazy games, including the Chiefs. I'll see the Chiefs up close and personal with my Tampa Bay Buccaneers as part of the radio broadcast. They were down 17 to nothing on the road and came roaring back and won in the final seconds at Carolina. And so while the Broncos are still riding high, Carolina, 
Ooh, boy. And I know they're playing Thursday night football, and you're hearing this maybe even after Thursday, and you already know what did or didn't happen with their game with the Saints. But, I mean, Carolina, we don't know this because at the time we're talking they haven't played the game. If Carolina loses that game, they've lost seven games already in the first 11 weeks of the season. That, uh, that would be ugly. Ugly for them. Maybe they can bounce back. Again, if you're hearing this, you probably already know, uh, especially after the game, what did or didn't happen. You do know what did or didn't happen uh, in that one. Hey, before we get to this week's underdogs, again, I got, I got two of them last week. The Memphis game I'm bitter about as an, as an alum. I went to them. I, I thought they had a chance uh, against USF last week getting three points. It was a track meet just like we described. Lots of scoring. USF with an outstanding quarterback. A lot of people don't know the name Quentin Flowers. He can run. He can throw. The game ends 49-42 to with Memphis being stopped on second and goal, third and goal, and fourth and goal inside of the USF two-yard line. Should have been pass interference on the fourth and goal play. Now I sound like a bitter New England Patriot fan for the Gronkowski play at the end of the Seahawks game where it could have been pass interference and maybe should have been on fourth and goal, but uh, you're going to help me work through it? i I gotta, I got to go back to the drawing board and come up with three. That's what cost me being three for three last week. I had West Virginia, I had the Broncos, and my own alma mater not getting the call at home. I'm getting worked up, Kevin. You can't see me, but I'm getting worked up again. They don't get the call at home. What was the final score of that USF game? It was 49-42. to 42. It was a lot of defense. Lot, don't lot, don't lot, give lot up offense. 49 points next time. Yeah, thank you. That's Well, that's part of it. I mean, uh... Both teams gave up a bunch, and I've, I've just got to move on. I've got to deal with it and move on. Uh, college football playoff rankings are also out. I have not prompted you um, so far on the rankings. We all agree Alabama probably head and shoulders at number one, decisive number one. The committee, subject to change, after a loss by Michigan, still leaves Michigan in the top four. It's now Ohio State at two. They move out Washington altogether. Uh, Michigan remains three. Clemson is four. Give me some thoughts just real quick on the subject to change, and they will change rankings if any more losses happen, and there's going to be a loss because Ohio State and Michigan play each other. Give me, give me your thought on Ohio State now, too. Michigan remains three. Clemson is four. Washington outside looking in. Louisville outside looking in. West Virginia outside looking in. What are your thoughts? Well, a couple things. Number one, with, uh, you know, you mentioned Ohio State of Michigan, that one of them is going to lose again. It's guaranteed. So, you know, if that's Michigan, they're off. Well, either one is obviously done because you're not going to get it with two losses. And whoever loses that will not be in the conference championship. So that's right. Both of those will not be in the Final Four. What I find interesting with the Big Ten is you have the possibility of Penn State passing both of those in a sense that Penn State can still win the uh, their side of the Big Ten, go to the Big Ten championship, beat Wisconsin potentially, and then what? You're telling me you're going to leave them out if they win the Big Ten? Like, how do you put Ohio State ahead of them who doesn't win their conference championship ahead of Penn State if it works out uh, that way? So that's one thing to look at. Obviously, Clemson, that they have the head-to-head against Louisville, but they still have to win the ACC championship. You know, what if they lose to Virginia Tech, assuming they get to – the ACC championship, and the other one, too, when you mentioned Washington, that, uh, you know, Washington dealt a big blow by losing to USC this past week, but, uh, you know, they still have to play Washington State for the Apple Cup. I look at Washington State as a sleeper here. Even though they started 0-2, there's potential they could win 10 straight and win the Pac-12 title. You're telling me 11 straight wins and perfect in the Pac-12 doesn't maybe give them consideration? So... 
there's a lot to figure out, and obviously Alabama's got to keep it up, and, and they have to keep winning to lock themselves in. Well, and again, for Louisville and Clemson, only one of them can win the division and play in the ACC title game with how it goes. So there, there is a lot of drama left. And he said something about Wazoo and Mike Leach and the Cougs. Uh, they're going to come up again here on Three Dog Thursday. With that as the segue, let's get things underway. We can pick a combination of college and NFL dogs, totaling three. Kevin will begin things in college football. Again, you went 1-8 and eight team against 1-8 and eight team last week. I'm curious for the leadoff team for this week and why. Go for it. Well, unfortunately, I couldn't find any 1-8, 1-8 and matches this week, so I have to move forward. It's really devastating. But, uh, you know, we're going to go to the Pac-12 and the Battle of Los Angeles between USC and UCLA, and this time it's at the Rose Bowl with UCLA as the home team. And USC is coming off a, a huge win at Washington last week, handing the Huskies their first loss of the season. And the Trojans, I remember back in week one, I think I took USC against Alabama. Oh, and yep. They uh, they got blown out. You're like, oh my! They look so bad. And Clay Helton's probably not the guy. They're one and two out of the gate, and and they've been magnificent uh, over the last you know few months where they have a legit shot. And the Pac-12 is very top heavy. You have about five or six really good teams in there, and USC is one of them. UCLA obviously has fallen backwards this year. Josh Rosen wasn't great early. He hurt his shoulder. He's out for the season. So. You know, the Bruins are, are, you know, just going through this lost season. But I look at this as, in a sense, like their championship. That UCLA was blown out by USC last year at the Coliseum. UCLA has won the last two home meetings with USC. And they're getting a ton of points. They're double-digit underdogs here. They ended their four-game losing streak last week, beating Oregon State. And I get Oregon State's a a dreck inside the Pac-12. But still, you know, maybe that gets you a little bit of momentum moving forward. And for USC, going from this touchdown underdog at Washington to now being a large favorite in an inner city rivalry that I think that UCLA can keep this competitive and Jim Moore will get his guys up for this game. Cause in a sense, yeah, we won't, we don't know if we'll see UCLA in a bowl game. So I think that UCLA has got a very good shot here to at least cover this number. Well, and at Southern Cal, you were mentioning teams with two losses. They have three losses, but since they've gone to Sam Darnold at quarterback, good gracious, they look like a different team. Would you not agree with me after watching that Washington game the other night? They are as dangerous a multiple loss team as there is uh, right now. I would put them up there with Penn State, who has a couple of losses. Uh, Oklahoma has two losses going into that West Virginia game. Of all the teams that are up there in the top, uh, LSU right now has three losses going into the Florida game. Out of all of those teams, I would still put USC as, lo- as looking like the most dangerous team, and maybe they will be overconfident in what they call the crosstown showdown against UCLA. Well, the other thing, too, that I think we have to get take in consideration in college football, you, know, you mentioned LSU for a second. You know, you look at some of their losses so far. I mean, Alabama – Wisconsin, those are quality. I mean, obviously, when Alabama's the best, but Wisconsin, who could be in the in the uh, Big Ten championship with USC, who they lost to, Alabama, neutral site. They lost at the to Utah, who's another very good team that could be in the Pac-12 title. Also, Stanford. Even though Stanford, it looks like they've had a bad season. They're seven and three, so they're losing to really quality teams. And again, I know four, three or four losses don't get you into the college football playoff, but at the same time. They're not losing these games yeah. to teams that they should be beating. They're losing to teams that are excellent squads. 
And Jim Mora Jr. has done well in this game. As you mentioned, he's won a couple of times in this game in the Rose Bowl in the Crosstown Showdown. And throw throw things out these next two weekends in rivalry games. Records, uh, it is it is a chance for payback in a lot of cases for players that didn't get to go to one of the schools they wanted to go to. So let's just let's just see in your Crosstown Showdown. All right. Uh, I am going to go with an ACC game to lead mine off. And coming off the tremendous, dramatic, last-second field goal win at Clemson, Pitt riding high, which Pitt team is it? Is it the team that upsets Clemson, or is it the team that got drop-kicked, got beaten earlier this year by the Miami Hurricanes, or is it the Pitt team that has a win over Penn State, who you mentioned before? They've got James Conner at running back. Uh, Their defense is a little suspect. Uh, Again, uh, last week, Deshaun Watson had over 500 yards passing, although he had three key interceptions. He had over 500 yards passing in the game. I like Duke. I like Duke for this reason. They have been very consistent as an underdog. Do you know, Mr. Rogers, I know you study this for VegasInsider.com, Kevin, how good the Duke has been as, a, as an underdog, period, this season. You know the number and the, the number of times and the number of games? They've been an underdog five times. Take a gander at the, at the, uh, the underdog record, ATS. I'm going to guess. Probably, I'm going to say probably four and one. Four and one would be a good guess. They're perfect five and zero. Oh. They are five for five right now as an underdog, including covering three times as a double digit underdog, winning two of those games outright at Notre Dame earlier in the year. Now their quarterback has gotten hurt since the Notre Dame game, but they won as a double digit underdog over North Carolina in the rivalry game last Thursday night, uh, winning as an eleven point underdog last week. I like them in this situation with being able to generate enough offense. David Cutcliffe is one of the most underrated coaches in college football in terms of you don't ever see him going and trying to take another job. He's not a self-promoter. He's won at Duke. It's difficult to win there. Give me give me Cutcliffe. Give me Duke. And the 7.5 points here in the matchup with Pitt at Pitt Saturday afternoon. So that will be... My uh, my second underdog. How about the kicker? The kicker who had made the mistakes had missed an extra point, had a field goal block. The kicker's name is Blewett for Pitt, which is a classic name for a kicker. But Blewett didn't blow it with the game on the line. Pitt may have a letdown here, Kevin. I smell it. I think Duke might get them, might even get them outright, but I'll take the 7.5 points. Yeah, we have a lot of these teams in the ACC that are extremely inconsistent when you get past Clemson and, and pretty much Louisville. I mean, past that... There are a lot of teams that have been up and down this year. That We've seen them great one week and then stink the next week. I mean, we saw NC State lose to Boston College, but then almost beat Clemson on the road, and they had that game uh, in their hands before they blew it. And, uh, you know, obviously with Pittsburgh, you know, same thing, that uh, they've had some games come down to the end as well. So, I mean, I can't really disagree simply because, you know, you have a lot of these teams you can't really trust, and that's what it is. You wonder if Pittsburgh's going to have a letdown here following that big win and you mentioned duke i mean they're they're not afraid to go into some of these places and uh, pull off upsets okay so i have picked one you have picked one we're each going to go with two college underdogs before the timeout it's three dog thursday i'm your host tj reeves he's kevin rogers and we're talking underdogs in both college football and the nfl give me a second dog uh maestro here what do you like in college football where else in the Mountain West Conference, which is actually very interesting here down the stretch, the Wyoming Cowboys, who have played very, very well, they have home underdog wins outright over Boise State. They gave Boise State their only loss of the season. 
and also against Air Force, that they uh, have wins against both those teams. Wyoming's coming off a loss to UNLV in a few overtimes. It was like 66-59, to 59, ridiculous game. And uh, it seemed like a letdown spot since Wyoming's not really a great road team. But they're back at home now, and they're hosting San Diego State on Saturday night. And San Diego State's a team that won the Mountain West Championship last year. They have Donnell Pumphrey, who is a fantastic running back, yep. and a pretty, a pretty good team. I mean, there's no disputing that. But when I look at – I dig a little deeper on the Aztecs, and, the, and with the Mountain West having the two divisions, like the SEC, for instance, that you have the teams on your side and a few you play on the other side. Now, what's interesting is – San Diego State has drawn a lot of garbage teams from their side, and they've they've missed this year Boise State. They've missed New Mexico. They've missed Air Force. Okay, Those are three teams that are on the opposite side. And who do they get? Two of the bottom feeders, and they get Wyoming. So they have five teams on their side and three on the other side, and uh, three of the six of the better teams they didn't play. So they've been bulking up against a lot of bad teams and beating them, and now they're laying a bunch of points against a Wyoming team that, yeah, bad loss to UNLV last week. But now they're back at home. They pulled a few upsets. They can run the ball very well, and I don't see why Wyoming can't hang around again in this game getting a bunch of points against a San Diego State team that, you know, frankly, I mean, they've already lost to South Alabama this year on the road that I don't know how much really I trust them in this spot. Okay, and you did earlier in October go against Wyoming. You have gone Mountain West on us before, uh, and the Wyoming Cowboys have had a couple of big wins. And again, Pumphrey may end up being an NFL running back. I don't know that he would go in the first round, but he has got bonkers numbers and touchdowns out at San Diego State. Remember when Marshall Falk, are we getting that old? Marshall Falk was running around at San Diego State back in the early 90s as a running back, and Pumphrey is like, uh, like a smaller version, a, a scaled-down version, not maybe as fast, but certainly exciting and, and making a lot of big plays as a San Diego State Aztec in the backfield. So that'll be an intriguing late-night Mountain West game as part of Three Dog Thursday. And as we as we have gone over, we each are going to go with a couple of college dogs. You mentioned the Cougs of Mike Leach and Washington State. All right, Kevin Rogers, uh, uh, the Colorado Buffaloes hosting Wazoo. I'm going to put one up on a tee so that you can just smack it over the wall like T-ball. Where was Colorado picked preseason by the Pac-12 media to finish in their division, the Pac-12 South? Go ahead. I put it on the tee. Where were they picked? I'm I'm guessing for as bad as they've been the last few years, probably last. Last, dead last. Uh, uh, By the way, two years ago, Washington State leeches a team, and Colorado, first year for Mike McIntyre, they both physically finished last in their division. Who had this at the beginning of the year that Wazoo controlling their own destiny to be in the Pac-12 title game, Colorado controlling their own destiny to be in the Pac-12 title game, are playing for essentially who's the best team right now in the Pac-12, Washington State at Colorado, as you mentioned, Wazoo has won eight in a row. Colorado also on a roll in the Pac-12 as well. Uh, playing a little bit better defense, uh, too, are the Colorado Buffaloes. I-, I am going to go with Wazoo in this game in the eight straight wins. You mentioned the two scratch-your-head losses in the pre-conference season, but now eight straight conference wins. 
and Mike Leach's quarterback, Luke Falk, can light it up. One of their receivers is hurt and done for the year. His name is River Craycraft. Craycraft got hurt in the win last week with an ACL injury. He's out for the remainder of the year. They still have another outstanding receiver in Gabe Marks. They can run the ball pretty well. I don't think that Colorado can stand prosperity. I don't think their defense will handle the air raid of Wazoo. I'm taking Wazoo for the outright win in Boulder. They're talking about this is the biggest game in Boulder that they have played maybe in six or seven years in the regular season. Colorado back to respectability, but I will take Washington State as the dog in this situation. What do you, not USC, not uh, Washington, not Arizona, not Arizona State or Cal or Stanford or UCLA. It's Wazoo and Colorado in the premier Pac-12 game this weekend. Well, also one team you forgot is even Oregon. I mean, you look at them oh, yeah. and how great they've been. And yes, it's like bizarro world in the Pac-12 where Colorado, Utah, Washington State, you know, these are the teams that are, you know, some of the big dogs and even Washington to a certain extent in this conference that have had some lean years over the past four or five years. And, you know, the UCLA's, the Oregon's, even Stanford, you know, who has taken a little bit of a step back this year, that they're not in that discussion. So it's kind of interesting. It's kind of fun to have some new blood in the conference. And, uh, you know, I know Washington State's been an excellent uh, underdog. I'm passing on this game, but... Yeah. Uh, it would be very interesting to see if these two teams hooked up again in a few weeks. Well, and again for Colorado, they finished with two games at home, this Washington State game and then their annual game that the Pac-12 has now uh, basically put them in is the final game of the year against Utah. The last two teams that came in the conference, they play each other in the final game every year. And who knew when the year began that the Pac-12 South would be on the line with Colorado hosting Utah, but that could be the case for next weekend depending on what else uh, happens and Colorado actually has a pretty good run game um, in this too. The Buffaloes uh, come in with uh, a good ground game. Uh, by by the way, the Cougars have eight straight wins, and that the last time they did that, Kevin Rogers, that they won eight games in a row. Washington State, nineteen thirty. They're looking for nine wins in a row. It's been since nineteen thirty that they have won eight straight, and Washington State has done that. So we're giving some love a little bit to the Pac-12, and we'll see if uh, if Colorado can hang in there with their offense and the, and the job that they are trying to do. All right, so there you go. Buffaloes, uh, by the way, will try to run it with Phillip Lindsay. Lindsay's averaging over 130 yards per game, and the Cougars don't play a lot of defense, but I think they will find a way to score enough and win. I'm taking them in the outright upset on Three Dog Thursday. Uh, Kevin, stand by. We have got NFL predictions coming up. Which one of us is going to go against the Dallas Cowboys who are rolling along? Who likes the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night football? It's all part of Three Dog Thursday. Kevin and I are coming right back. Is debt beating you down? You need discipline. You need the Debt Ninja. If you've been caught in a financial trap and need to be set free, then you need the Debt Ninja. Want to stop those harassing collection calls? Start saving thousands in interest and fees and get out of debt fast? Then you need to call the Debt Ninja. The Debt Ninja will find the best companies across the country that will help you consolidate all your bills into one easy payment, reduce your payments by 30 to 50%, and get you out of debt fast. 
If you have unsecured debt of $10,000 or more, such as credit cards, loans, or medical bills, call the Debt Ninja for a free 15-minute consultation. Call 800-839-5518. 800-839-5518. That's 800-839-5518. Call today. The Debt Ninja. Dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is TJ Reeves. Yes, we are back in on the only digital radio show devoted to underdogs in college football and the NFL exclusively. I am your somewhat capable host. By the way, six of the last seven weeks, I've gotten two of three underdogs correct, including Denver and West Virginia last week. Kevin Rogers has come up with at least one college football underdog as well in six of the last seven weeks. We'll go over our college underdogs in a little bit. Let's move on to the pros. Hey, I, I mentioned this Seattle-New England finish the other night. Quick comment from you. Are you fine with the no call on the fourth down goal line? I know it was a few days ago, but are you, fi- are you fine with Seattle winning that game? The no call on Gronkowski on fourth and goal. New England doesn't get the call themselves at home on fourth and goal. Are you fine with it, Kevin? Yeah, I mean, I like it to a basketball game when it's, uh, you know, you go to the basket, they say let the players decide it, and uh, they got a little tangled up, but I don't really think that it was something to give New England a free play. I thought it was fine. And the Patriots and the Seahawks obviously played that epic Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Now, that was a great game uh, the other night. Might one or both of those teams be in the Super Bowl before it's all said and done? We will see. Let's go to the NFL slate this week. I don't know about you, but I had trouble looking at several of these games and coming up with a good one. I did finally find an underdog. I don't know if it was a struggle for you or not. You can comment on that, and you can go ahead and give me your dog in the pros for this week, sir. Yeah, I mean, I don't really love this week's uh, games. The one I I fell on, which I like, and uh, I don't know, it's one of these. I hate saying this because you shouldn't handicap like this, but it feels like the do factor, and I'm taking the Baltimore Ravens this week at Dallas. And you look at the Cowboys, and they had this press conference with Tony Romo, (laughs) you know, handing the torch to Dak Prescott. Like, Tony Romo's Roger Staubach or Troy Aikman, you know? I mean, Tony (laughs) Romo's never even been to a Super Bowl before. Agreed. Um, Agreed. You know, I think it's – and just quick side note, what's he supposed to say? Everyone says he's so classy. What's he supposed to say that – you know, this guy sucks and I should be in there. I mean, he's got no choice. He's I will tell you I will tell you this. Uh, the, the owner of the team is in a quandary because we've talked about this. He's infatuated with Romo, and he's just having to stand by right now because Dak Prescott won't lose, to your point. And what, I agree with you. What is Romo supposed to say? I should be playing instead of the guy who hasn't lost while I've been gone? Please. I think we agree on that. Yeah, and uh, obviously Kevin with another big win last week, beating Pittsburgh in that back and forth game. And you know Dallas has taken, uh, you know they've taken advantage of being an underdog a lot this year, winning at Pittsburgh, winning at home against Cincinnati, winning at Green Bay, uh, winning at Washington. But uh, now you have him in the favorite role against a Baltimore team that still is excellent defensively. That in this AFC North. You know, I guess I liken it to the end of Rocky, too, and I brought this up to you before. <laughs> I mean, it's like Apollo and Rocky climbing on the ropes trying to get up while the referee's counting it. It's like it's it, this is the Bengals, the Ravens, and the Steelers, that all of them, nobody can really make a case to run away with this division. So, you know, Pittsburgh, oh, well, Big Ben comes back, they'll be fine. Cincinnati on Monday, they'll beat the Giants. No, they lost that game. 
They've been very inconsistent. We look at Baltimore. They did beat Cleveland last week, and I know everyone's beaten Cleveland. But now you think, can Baltimore kind of get some momentum going here? And if they could win this game and be 6-4, and four, then all of a sudden maybe they could start to pull away a little bit in the AFC North and going to Dallas or getting a touchdown where the Cowboys, I feel like you've had distractions this year with the Romo thing, and they've withstood it. They've done a very good job. Jason Garrett has got a very difficult job there as the head coach of that team regardless. But dealing with all this, he's done a very good job. I just think this is a spot where Baltimore is a very good team. They're inconsistent offensively. You never know you're going to get with Flacco. They're not great running the ball. But if Flacco cannot make any mistakes and they could try to shut down Ezekiel Elliott and maybe make Prescott make a mistake or two, they have a shot not only to hang around but maybe even win this game. And, of course, the Cowboys will play this game and then we'll be playing the Thanksgiving Day game with the Redskins four days later. Um, and then have a and, and then have a tough stretch uh, of back to back road games. After that, got to take advantage of their home games. And Ezekiel Elliott has been a monster. I've thoroughly enjoyed him in fantasy football in two different leagues. He's clobbering uh, for me, raking in uh, the yards and the points. So if you have him, you're in good shape on that. And again, why mess with success? So you'll go against them, Cowboys, in the matchup uh, with the Ravens. I can't say that I'm on board with that one. I don't know that Buffalo, or I'm sorry, that Baltimore has enough offense. In this game, and I think Dallas may wear them down. We'll see, though. You you smell you smell a pooch right here with the with the Ravens. I will go. Speaking of the Redskins, against them and with the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night, with the full understanding you went against the Redskins last week with the Vikings, and it didn't work out. I I think Green Bay is better than what they've shown. Their defense is not very good. They're getting James Starks back, who did carry it ten times last week. He's getting healthier. I think they'll be able to run the ball some more, take the pressure off their defense. Everybody's talking about how Green Bay isn't the same team. They're hearing that all week. I think they'll be motivated. Sunday night football, I just I look at the Packers getting the two and a half points. I think this could be a game where Kirk Cousins, the evil Kirk Cousins, throws a couple of critical interceptions. And I, I smell Packer win on Sunday night football because, again, the NFC North, not unlike the AFC North, I think is still very much up for grabs, and Green Bay could still grab it down the stretch of the, uh, of the season. I think the Packers begin that on Sunday night football against the Redskins. Uh, Kevin, give me a quick thought. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was on Minnesota last week, like you mentioned, and Jay Gruden, not a great favorite, and uh, Minnesota came back from a 14 nothing deficit, took the lead at halftime, but then they couldn't do anything in the second half. Actually, they held Washington out of the end zone in the second half, but the Redskins kicked four field goals, and they held off the Vikings in the end. you got to remember, too, the Packers went into Washington last year in the wild card game. They trailed early, and then they came back, and they kind of rolled the Redskins, so... You know, part of it can say, oh, well, it's a revenge spot for Washington, but also Green Bay knows going in there that, hey, we can handle these guys. We did it last year in a bigger spot. And for Green Bay, I hate to go here, but this is kind of like their season, that they lose their four and six. They're yeah. in big trouble. They win their five and five, and you're still in the mix considering the NFC, you know, you get past, uh, you get past Dallas and Seattle that it is kind of wide open after that for a bunch of wild card teams. So Green Bay could still do something if they get in, but four and six would be very difficult to get in. And the division is wide open. There is no doubt on that. So you've got the Ravens. I've got the Packers. Uh, give me 10-second, 15-second take. Jared Goff makes his debut for the Rams, who you've sided with a couple of weeks ago on Three Dog Thursday, against the Dolphins, and you're part of their broadcast. Dolphins have won four in a row. Is Goff going to be miserable? Is he going to be decent? Is Miami going to win five in a row? Quick take, quick. 
I just say with Jeff Fisher, what took you so long? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I gave you like three seconds. I, I, I saved like seven seconds there. I did, you did save seven seconds. Dolphins win five in a row? Yeah. Dolphins win five in a row? No, no, knowing the Dolphins, I can't even comment on that because knowing the Dolphins, they it's one of hey, if they if they but if they win this game, it's one of the stories of the NFL season that they look like they were circling the bowl if not dead, and suddenly win five straight. It's a great lesson. Keep playing, keep battling. If the Dolphins end up getting this game, uh, and we'll see golf again. I agree with you. What took them so long to put golf in there as the number one overall pick? And what took quick, us so long? Quick yeah. note, quick yeah. note, and then yeah. I, and then I'm done with this. Quick note: next week, Dolphins host San Francisco. So if you can beat the Rams and beat San Francisco, they're in really good shape. Oh, and San no, Francisco's at home, and, and and San Francisco's terrible, as you mentioned. So that would be very likely win, and that would be six straight wins. You got to win the fifth before the sixth. It's a good point. Yeah. We are all but done here. Give me thirty seconds to tell us more about the great work you and others do uh, with all the information on VegasInsider.com, Kevin. All right, college football's coming down the stretch. We have two weeks left in the regular season. Well, two full weeks in the last week. You have a handful of games, then we get to the bowls. But uh, college football, a lot of big games. We talked about the college football playoff earlier, so a lot of important games. You could read up on the SEC, the ACC, the Big 12, the Pac-12, all these big games this week. Also, flipping to the NFL, week 11 this week. My pick six column, I predict six of the games on the schedule. Also, our uh, total talk, which uh, goes over nothing but totals as well as our free odds on the page. Don't forget about NBA and college basketball. That's also going on, VegasInsider.com, and also on Twitter at TwitVI. Yes, and follow this man at VI Rogers. Follow this show at Three Dog Thursday, and whether you're listening on RadioInfluence.com or you're listening and subscribing on iTunes and Stitcher, and if you are listening on iTunes and Stitcher, rate this show, give some comments on this show, because others will see that and will find that. You can tell them more about the show where we pick these underdogs, and we've done uh, pretty well. You can follow this show again at Three Dog Thursday and follow him at VI Rogers throughout the weekend. Once more, Kevin's got you. UCLA against USC, Wyoming as an underdog against San Diego State, and the Baltimore Ravens in Dallas against the Cowboys on Sunday. I'll go with Duke against Pitt in the ACC. Wazoo in that who had this game as the most important Pac-12 game. Wazoo, I think they win the game outright with Colorado, even with the injury to one of their star receivers. Wazoo will win, and Packers will win outright as the underdog against the Redskins on Sunday night football. There are the underdogs. Kevin, thanks. We appreciate the knowledge, the underdog predictions, and it will be a Turkey Day edition, a gobble-gobble underdog edition next week, sir. I'm looking forward to it. I think all of us are looking forward to the upcoming Thanksgiving feast of football and food. That's next week. Good luck with the underdogs this week for Kevin. I'm TJ. Thanks for being with us, and enjoy all the football. And we'll be back next week on Three Dog Thursday. Bye. Radio Influence brings you the best in digital media broadcasting. When it comes to sports, we've got experts like national sports radio host Rich Herrera, the fabulous sports babe, and former Major League Baseball manager Kevin Kennedy. Want a good laugh? Then go on the beach with Pants and Roller Girl, or just LOL with Nancy Alexander. And when it comes to real life, Dangerous Conversation with Scott Ledger and Beyond the Badge with Vincent Hill will make you think. When it comes to what you want, Radio Influence has you covered. Find our programming on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and RadioInfluence.com.